0: Hello, welcome to Positive Psych Talk with David Startouch. You're joining us uh, at, on episode three of a series regarding the Thrive Model from What Doesn't Kill Us? The New Psychology of Post-Traumatic Growth, growth by Dr. Stefan Joseph, PhD, one of the leaders in the post-traumatic growth field of research. He's also a professor at Nottingham University. Yes, Nottingham as in England. Uh, This is a wonderful model, and I'm very excited to go over it. Uh, My credentials, for those of you who are just joining, uh, I am a PhD candidate in psychology, concentration in cognitive neuroscience and philosophy, as well as research methods. And my master's is in clinical counseling. Uh, I currently work as a crisis evaluator at the local ER on the weekends using the overnight shifts. And I'm also a certified professional coach. I do executive coaching. Uh, bulletproofing, which is basically when someone's going to be going to court and they need to make sure they're strong to, enough to handle cross-examination. Uh, I work with attorneys to uh, make sure their clients are em, uh, strong and empowered and able to have that inner structure. So some of the, what you're learning here is actually the similar techniques that I take clients through uh, to make sure they can not only withstand a cross-examination, but also when they're in court and they're having their character attacked or you know, things aren't being said, it's inappropriate and actually not helpful for the client to speak up. Your, t- your attorney's always doing the arguing, but to, to take that verbal abuse and those attacks can be difficult. And this uh, same information that we're building here, this resilience training uh, is often an aspect of what I do with the bulletproofing of clients. So uh, bear in mind, these, the, what you're learning here has broad applications. And as you become stronger through doing the work, you will find you have gained new superpowers, so to speak. So we're going to begin and pick up where we left off. If you have not listened to episode two, please go back and do that now. Um, The episode two of this has a strong key aspect where we build the safety net. And it gives you some things to help ground yourself, create create some safe imagery. And I also mentioned there's an autogenic meditation uh, that I will be offering on a separate video Uh, And there will be links in the description on YouTube if you're watching this there. Uh, As well, I believe we're going to have this on the Survivor Hair website and SoundCloud. So there's the various places that we're making this information accessible. Please feel free to share this with friends. And again, you can also like and subscribe on the various channels to get updates and notifications as uh, new episodes are released. Okay, so let's begin. We're going to pick up where we left off. I'm going to actually start at the beginning just to kind of refresh your memory and get you back into place. And you can kind of find that comfortable place where you're ready to learn or take this in. So it begins a section with called signposts to self-help, the Thrive Model. The Thrive Model consists of six stages or signposts. These are arranged in a logical sequence, moving from an awareness of your readiness to change all the way to actually changing your thoughts, behaviors, and emotional states. The key, as you move from one signpost to the next, is to keep doing the new things that you have learned at each of them, so that you build your repertoire of new activities. Each of the six signposts offers exercises that might be helpful, but they are only suggestions of things that you might do. And I'm going to add a caveat. Sometimes we come up with our own, even much better solutions. And if you have something you would like to share, a solution that works for you, please feel free to post that in comments. Sometimes your comments and the information and ideas we get from uh, various readers and listeners and viewers are even far better than every anything a clinical psychologist or counselor or coach could come up with. Okay, here we go. Signpost number one. This is, again, just a quick overview of the signposts and how they'll be used. Signpost one taking stock signpost one refers to the process of finding out which goods are on the shelves and which ones are missing and thus need to be obtained so think of like grocery store goods shelves and things that you need signpost two harvesting hope at signpost two you find the hope within yourself being hopeful about the future will give you the ability to look farther down the track signpost three re-authoring at signpost 3 you listen to the stories that you tell yourself and you open up new ways of looking at things it is here that you begin to move from thinking of yourself as a victim to thinking yourself as a survivor and then as a thriver and i'm going to just interject for a moment welcome to survivor to hero where you're going to move from victim thinking to survivor thinking And then to thriver now, or in my case, the hero story. And I was, when I first discovered this, I realized I had been doing this for uh, almost seven years without knowing the same language. And then here we go, uh, five to seven years later. And it's, it's just, they nailed it. People are often the victim story. When I meet them, we get them to survivor thinking, but the problem with survivor thinking is you're always looking over your shoulder. You're afraid of that thing happening again, and you can be stuck. And as you move into the hero story or the thriver story everything changes and a big part of that is that looking forward to the future and saying i'm going there and refusing to stay stuck or miserable where you are because what you're doing or what how you're feeling right now it it, it's not great it's stuck in the moment it's just it's it's just you're in this stagnant location and as you move into the thriving story you actually start to live again to start to feel passion and excitement, blood flowing into your life in a positive way, new people entering your life, these new activities that bring you new joy and experiences. That is what part of the Thriving Model and the hero story is all about. It's a reinvention, rediscovery, and a brand new journey. And if you're a fan of Star Wars, just think of yourself as Luke Skywalker or the female version of that. And i guess the new star wars does a fantastic job of capturing that moment and on your journey where you've had tragedy you've had stat you've like settled into the tragedy and you're now trying to find out where to go and luke his family died now he's like okay i've got to go on the journey and now you begin your story there will be ups downs and challenges but if you're using the star wars model you are to become a jedi just know that your training has just begun but it's going to be a beautiful journey. All right. So back to signpost number four. So we're only just halfway there. And that's the, the signpost signpost number four, identifying change at signpost four, you monitor the changes as they begin to appear to be, to build up steam, you need to begin to notice the positive changes as they occur within you. Now, this is a key aspect of positive psychology. We, we need to notice things and reward ourselves for noticing them. Just like, yes, okay, that's it. That's a positive thing. My life is improving and you can gratitude is a great way to start with that. Signpost number five, valuing change at signpost five, you nurture the positive changes that you're experiencing. You might even notice strengths, abilities, or interests that were not there before. As you do, you will also, I'm sorry, (laughs) there we go. We're just gonna start that sentence all the way over. And as you do, you need to value these changes for what they are, not for what else they might bring you, but what they are to you right now. I added that last little part. Signpost six, expressing change in action Signpost six encourages you to begin to put the changes that you experience into action and to begin making them a part of your life. Now in my own reboot program, uh, the survivor hero reboot, it was a a seven step program. Uh, Expressing change in action is is a very powerful, but it's a very big and monumental step. You can do it in very small bits and pieces. So as we continue to go through this, just allow that seed to plant in your life that you were a changing being and as you begin to value, identify, change, value, change and express change. It's going to be an, it's, it's going to be organic. So bear in mind, you can go through these stages, these signposts of different ways, but they're going to go through, we're going through this logically and linearly just so you can understand them, but your journey may be its own organic, like family circus uh, jeffrey's path home where he goes through the the uh uh, the playground up the slide down the slide jumps over the fence You, you i like to play when i i think of the idea of the hero story that you're having fun and it is not a straight line it's this giant squiggle to success and i encourage you to enjoy that journey in the moment because there's so much richness there so much joy and fun and It's a life that you have not maybe been living and savor it. You've got your whole lifetime ahead as you continue to heal and grow. And this is the tip of the delicious iceberg. Okay. All right. So off my soapbox. So that's the Thrive model model in a nutshell. And now you're able to see what's ahead. Next, I will discuss each of the signposts in detail and to show you how to put it into practice. Rather, how to put into practice the lessons that you've learned. Remember, if you begin to feel uncomfortable or anxious, use your safe imagery and stay grounded. Now, um, before we begin the signpost one taking stock, I'm also going to add that as you're taking this journey with me, I'm going to be giving you some coaching tools and some things that have been very successful with my clients in the past who have uh, been going through this process. So we're getting a little more than just stiff Joseph's thrive on it. You're getting my expertise as well as in this process. And uh, I would like to hear your comments. Again, if you have thoughts on them, write them down and go to the YouTube where this video will also be and post comments. I'm sending you to YouTube or you can also go to the Facebook page. But with YouTube, then I have one central place to look and I can keep checking these. Again, if you're listening this on SoundCloud or uh, Facebook, uh, Hadn't thought about putting it on Facebook, but I think it might. or uh, probably just link to it. Anyway, if you're watching this on SoundCloud or uh, getting through Survivor to Hero, please, please, please comment. Let me know how it is, what it is, what it works for you, what doesn't. Because your your sharing will help others, not just me in my developing future content that's better for clients, but also other people who are going through the same struggles and may find some something very beneficial about what you said. Okay. So here we go again, signpost one. And uh, I think we might be able to get through and as I'm pacing this out, we'll see how far uh, this might just get through half of the signpost in the rest of this. Uh, So this might be a part one of signpost one. Okay. So signpost one is taking stock in the immediate aftermath of adversity. You might feel overwhelmed by the prospect of being unable to handle your feelings. You might feel numb, empty, tense, confused, exhausted or troubled with your thoughts and the recollections of what happened. You might even be upset or have upsetting dreams or poor sleep. Maybe you feel distant from family and friends and disconnected from the world around you. Maybe that you find yourself drinking to help you cope. Your work may be suffering. You may find that you've lost interest in the usual things. At a time like this, if people were to say to you that you ought to look on the bright side, you should probably chase them out of the room. Or my personal uh, colorful language is to F off uh, or bollocks to them, bollocks to them, bollocks to them. He's English, so we can use those. Or or I, instead of F off, use bugger off. And uh, it's nice and it's not as offensive uh, in America it might be more offensive in the UK. (laughs) All right, so as we continue, looking on the bright side is the last thing you feel like doing. It might be even disrespectful for someone to suggest that there's a positive side to what you've gone through. In addition, something inside of you may resist the idea of healing and growth. People need to take whatever time is needed to make their own sense of things. To this end, taking stock is critically important. After all, people move at different speeds. They have different circumstances, personalities, and ways of coping. For some people, processing grief, loss, and trauma lasts a few weeks. For others, a few months or even years. Those who have experienced a personal loss as a result of this trauma may need the most time of all to work through what they need to do. Trauma activates the part of the brain concerned with threat and thus blocks us from being able to think things through. Until we've calmed ourselves down physically, we will find it hard to mentally engage with our recovery. It is important that we first seek emotional equilibrium and distance ourselves with what happened. Family and friends might rush in to offer support and indeed this might be appreciated, but those offering help have to be aware that people need above all is quiet a sense of safety and a feeling of being protected now i'm going to actually pause right there again Uh, when we're talking about trauma activating the brain there's an area in the back of the brain called the amygdala and this is the fight or flight response but when we experience trauma we often get a freeze when this part of the brain gets activated even through an, an I talked about in in a previous video, complex post-traumatic stress disorder, where it's not one event, it might be many small events, but the fight, flight, trauma, fear, protection, activation, the, the threat part of the brain, activates and kicks into overdrive. And if this begins to happen enough, especially at a young age, you can actually have a traumatic brain state, which is very similar to PTSD, without having a particular event, just being in a highly chaotic Dangerous, scary place consistently can activate the brain in such a way. So, while post traumatic growth, I'm going to pause this for a moment just so I can get a drink of my being. Ah, so much better. Don't have a frog in my throat. So, while post traumatic growth happens, we need to also acknowledge that the brain is changing. And you need to give yourself time. So, for family members who don't understand, this is the part of the book, or if you're trying to support someone going through this, this is the part of the process, the initial like, oh, I wanna rush and help you and it'll make you feel calmer. Let's acknowledge, part of that is about them feeling uncomfortable as want, with your state and wanting to help you and them feeling powerless. So by letting them know what you really need is just a sense to quiet to process, to work through this, <clears throat> there we go again, and have a sense of safety while you feel safe and protected. So that's having the sense of safety, but while also feeling that you're being protected, that is, that is key. And again, if you're going through this on your own and you have not done therapy, this is where a therapist is very helpful doing this work and having a therapist to talk to and process is immensely, immensely helpful. And now a life coach who's also trained in trauma could be very skilled at this. Uh, Just be careful on your coaches. Many of them don't have the clinical training or understanding. They're great on the here and now, but if they can understand the basics of helping you feel safe and protected and uh, giving you that sense of quiet, that's great. Most coaches want to be action oriented and we understand there's time in between between sessions that we need to do this. So build your network, reach out to your friends. So I'm actually writing a book and in next year in in that book, one of the key sections is having your top five. So five people are at your level above who lift you up, but you also have your circle of trust and people you trust and your friends who can support you in this. And so again, I'm going to just advise you to reach out to them as well. People you trust implicitly who can support you in this process, but letting them know what you need. Again, just to reiterate, It's a sense of being able to have time for quiet time, a sense of safety, a feeling of being protective. You know, those friends you can just be with and just be quiet and not have to talk. Those are some really great friendships. Cultivate those through this process. And you'll find it very, very rewarding. Okay, so continuing on. Okay, I'm going to continue on now, and I just want to add one slight caveat. Um, you may notice some pauses or some, uh, some editing and audio. Part of that is because as I'm reading this, uh, my brain from my own issues uh, in the past uh, may stumble on words, and I'm redoing it to try to make sure it sounds better and smoother, but I'm also trying to also leave things in place so you can see my errors and mistakes and realize that even for someone who's been doing the work, Struggles and challenges still show up. Okay, so we're going to continue now. During trauma and the immediate aftermath, many people go on autopilot, attending to everyday details, paying the bills, making sure that dinner is still prepared for the children, and so on. In other words, they may be focused on tasks rather than themselves. As one woman told me after the loss of her husband, the sun still rises every morning, breakfast still needs to be made, and the work has still got to be done life doesn't stop for you. Traumatized people often feel as though they have only enough fuel to do the most urgent errands and that there is no capacity to do the extras. Their emotional state is one of those extras and it has to wait. If this describes you, that emotional state being one of those extras that you don't have time for, you need to redirect your focus to yourself. And to do that, you must first deal with the basics of taking stock. Let us consider each of these items. I'm going to start over there. Uh, Let us consider each of these basics in turn. So I got distracted there for a moment because uh, one of the things I often have clients do is especially since I find in traumatic experiences uh, or dealing with healing from this, relationships are very, very important, if not central to this. And what trauma people, or people who have trauma in their lives will often do, is they end up taking care of others or attending to others' needs. And they kind of lose themselves and their partner sometimes. And they go from relationship to relationship like that. And it's a it's very depressing cycle. Um, it's frustrating. You're wanting to find a connection, And yet this pattern that you can't see in the break keeps showing up. So one of the things of this taking stock into yourself, I'd encourage you to date yourself. Even if you're in a relationship, this is a time to get to know yourself, to date yourself, to see what you enjoy doing. And that's what he's talking about here. And now that we're out of time, we're going to close with that. Thank you for sharing this time with me. I look forward to uh, sharing with you on the next episode. Namaste.